Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. 3 Nephi chapter 14 verse 15 and Matthew chapter 7 verse 15. Hello listeners, this is Nick from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, why must we beware of wolves in sheep's clothing? Near the end of his Sermon on the Mount and Sermon at the Temple, the Savior warned his covenant people to be on the lookout for false prophets and teachers who would soon enter among them trying to lead the people astray. Beware of false prophets, Jesus taught, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Likewise, in the Sermon at the Temple, the Savior repeated this warning to his people in the New World. The Apostle Paul would echo this warning about 30 years later when speaking to the elders of the church of Ephesus. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And this warning certainly extends to us today. But who are these wolves? The scriptures provide powerful examples of false prophets and other troublemakers who seemed harmless, but were actually sowing division among the children of God and leading some to walk in other ways. As we study the Book of Mormon, readers are reminded that Nephi, Mormon, Moroni, and other inspired prophets saw and anticipated our day and included these examples that we may learn to be more wise than they have been. Ethnic Differences For much of Lehite history, there was distrust and disdain between the Nephites and Lamanites. One example of this tension can be found during the missionary journeys of Ammon and his brethren. In Alma chapter 20, King Lamoni's father encountered his son traveling with Ammon towards the land of Medoni. With anger he exclaimed, Whither art thou going with this Nephite, who is one of the children of a liar? That distrust and disdain would often blossom into outright conflict. But as those conflicts are reviewed carefully, it becomes apparent that many occurred because of the actions of Nephite agitators and apostates. Cunning and scheming men such as Amalickiah took advantage of distrust to provoke conflict for their own gain. An adroit wolf in sheep's clothing he was, by deceit, able to stir up the Lamanites to anger against the people of Nephi and eliminate those, such as Lahontai, who wanted peace to continue. Despite this long and tumultuous history, after the Savior's appearance and ministry, peace reigned in the land for almost two centuries. What caused it? Mormon provided an answer when he commented that there were not any manner of ites, but they were in one, the children of Christ, and heirs to the kingdom of God. In that golden age, the long history of anger did not simply evaporate. There were no sudden physical transformations. Instead, a change was wrought in the people's hearts, as their shared heritage as children of God became more important than their mortal ancestry. Class Differences The Nephites were prone to pride especially when it came to their riches. After periods of prosperity and righteousness, members of the church would be puffed up with the vain things of the world. Prophets throughout the Book of Mormon, even the Savior himself, warned the people against letting pride enter into their hearts, but it would continue to plague them again and again. As Alma the Younger and his fellow missionaries entered into that apostate land of Antionum, they witnessed the sad division that the Zoramites had imposed upon their own people. The poor class of people were cast out of the synagogues because of their rough clothing and told they were filthy and worthless. Whether a specific event led Zoram and his people to pervert the ways of the Lord is not clear. However, the doctrines that led them astray clearly trace back to an overabundance of pride in their wealth and accomplishments. 
they let their material success carry them away into apostasy, as they became more and more convinced that they had been separated from their brethren who followed foolish traditions. These prideful leaders served as wolves in sheep's clothing. They exercised power, built opulent buildings, and enjoyed a show of material achievement. Their pride made cunning inroads among the Zoramite upper crust, and soon it was too late for many of the Zoramites, and they were misguided and lost to its clutches. Thankfully, Alma the Younger and his companions were able to teach the lowly at heart among the Zoramites and remind them of the value of their eternal identity, regardless of their mortal poverty. Political Differences The change of Nephite leadership from one ruler to another was often the cause of contention. In a revelation, the prophet Joseph says that we have learned by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of almost all men. As soon as they get a little authority, as they suppose, they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion. When the great chief judge Pahoran died, three of his sons, Pahoran, Paanki, and Pacumani, intended to replace him in the judgment seat. In doing so, they caused a serious difficulty among the people of the Nephites. When Pahoran was appointed as the chief judge by the voice of the people, Pacumani supported his brother. Paanki, however, was furious. He wanted the judgment seat for the power that came with it, and not for the opportunity it gave him to serve his people. He flattered away his followers to rise up in rebellion against their brethren. For this, he was condemned to death and executed. In revenge, Paanki's followers murdered Pahoran while he sat on the judgment seat. Pacumeni took his brother's place, but his reign would be short. Nephite dissenters and Lamanites took advantage of the confusion to attack the land of Zarahemla, and Pacumeni was killed as he fled. Thankfully, loyal and stalwart Nephite commanders such as Moronihah and Lehi were able to repel the invaders and establish peace again for a time. But the effects of the assassination and invasion would be felt down until the coming of the Savior. These wolves were able to deceive many, inwardly and intentionally. They stirred people up to do all manner of iniquity, and to the puffing them up with pride, tempting them to seek for power and authority and riches and the vain things of the world. These Book of Mormon accounts do not use the same wolf-in-sheep's-clothing imagery as the Savior's prophetic warning, but they are fulfillments of his cautionary alert nonetheless. These cunning people exaggerated differences and exploited tensions to mask their true intentions as they sought to redirect and scatter the flock. When some readers encounter these Book of Mormon accounts in their personal scripture study, or during a church lesson, there is a temptation to disregard or dismiss them. Some will say that people in the past were easily fooled, with undue confidence that men and women today would never fall into the same traps. Latter-day Saints cannot afford to make this mistake. Just as the Savior prophesied, wolves in sheep's clothing populate today's world, and they can come both from within and without the church. They appeal to senses of pride, superiority, and exclusiveness. They convince the saints to trust in themselves, to trust in the arm of flesh, and not seek out the counsel of the Lord. Foolishly, when they are learned, they think they are wise, and they hearken not unto the counsels of God, for they set it aside, supposing they know of themselves. It is too easy to preach a belief in the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, and then discriminate against another ethnic group. It is too easy to preach about the sacrifice of the widow's might and then ignore the ones who have given it. It is too easy to talk of being brothers and sisters in Christ 
and then shout down or shun those same brothers and sisters because they come from different social classes, educational background, or differ politically. But as the Savior warned and charged his listeners to be on the lookout for wolves in sheep's clothing, he also presented them with a way to discern the good from the evil. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Thus the people of God need to constantly seek out the Spirit of the Lord, heed his counsel, and recognize what fruits certain recommendations or courses of conduct might bring forth. As they righteously and faithfully do that, the Lord will bless them. Otherwise, they risk being easily deceived, as were many Nephites of old. Thank you for listening. To find out more, please visit bookofmormoncentral.org and then click on Know Why.